As Jesus opens his, uh, or closes his most famous sermon uh, with these words, it's the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 24. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundations were on the rock. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew, pounded against that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. And what Jesus is saying there that I don't want you to miss is this subtle truth, is that storms in life will come. They'll come for all of us. So the question isn't whether or not we will go through storms. The question is whether or not we will grow through storms. And that is our intent over the next eight weeks, to talk about how the storms of life can actually be great learning experiences, right? How, how they can actually be transformative. And so I'm going to ask you for a favor this morning. We're going to be in Mark chapter 4, so if you have a Bible, I would love for you to open up to Mark chapter 4. Um, second thing I would love for you to do is find a bulletin of some sort. And we've got two types. There's a hard copy bulletin when you come in, and uh, there should be a pen in the chair in front of you. You can take some notes. Uh, they're fill in the blank. Or you can use our digital notes, and they are available same way you did giving, as you open up the camera app on your phone, uh, scan that QR code. It'll take you to a link, and uh, all our digital notes are there. And while you guys prepare um, your hearts to receive the Word of God, prepare to take notes um, I'm going to pray for our time in God's Word. Father, um, worship is a participatory sport. And so when we sing, we sing. When we pray, we pray. When we give, we give. And when we study your Word, we study your Word. And we've come to do just that this morning. Holy Spirit, we want to invite you to come and take your place in our pulpit to exalt Jesus in our midst. That you would teach us from the inside out about this Jesus, about who he is, about what he does. That you would reveal to us in our hearts if there's anything um, that is not right, that you would call it out, that you would correct it lovingly, and that we would be changed because of what happens here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So guys, I'm in Mark chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 35, and we're going to read through the end of the chapter. And here's, here's the story. It says, on that day uh, when evening had come, he told them, that's Jesus speaking, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and they took him along since he was in the boat. Uh, and other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern, that's the back of the boat, uh, sleeping on a cushion. <laughs> so they woke him up and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to die? He got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. And then he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified. And they asked one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? That's where we're going to start off our series, we'll be um, doing this series for eight weeks. So week one, I, I really wanted to attack this story, Jesus calming the storm. And this morning, there's four things that I want to share with you, and then we'll have kind of a big idea. Uh, but the first one is this. I don't want you to kind of miss it in the text. Uh, we'll put it on the screen for you. The first thing I want you to see is that we're not in control, right? 
We are not in control. No amount of skill, preparation, or concern can change that truth. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Uh, where are my people at? How many of you are control freaks? Come on. You are my tribe, right? If you know me well, you know me. Like I walk through the building, you're going to see me uh, cleaning stuff, trying to get like, like, oh, my wife is like, you have to chill. And I was like, I don't know that I know how to do that, uh, but I will try. So uh, you're my tribe. Now, uh, how many of you did not raise your hands? Now you raise your hands. You're like, I'm not a control freak. I refuse. Those people drive me crazy, right? Come on, you're like, you drive me crazy. Okay, fine. So you people that aren't control freaks, I want to ask you a question. How many of you worry about stuff? Guess what? Control freak. Worry is a sign that you have control issues, right? So you are just a different type of control freak. And, and so here's what the storms of life teach us. They teach us that no matter what, we are not in control. So I want you to think about this passage with me. So, so no amount of skill, no amount of preparation, no amount of concern can change the fact that we are not in control of what happens in life. Okay? Control is one of the greatest lies that you have ever believed, that you were ever in control. It is a fallacy, right? So these guys, these, uh, these disciples, the majority of them are fishermen. Save Matthew, who's a tax collector, but he still grew up by the Sea of Galilee. I'm sure he's been on boats, um, but maybe not the fisherman type. He seems to be a little better with numbers, right? But most of these guys are fishermen, and they come from fishermen families, meaning since before they could probably walk, they were on boats in this sea, Right? So these guys are skilled. They, 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 they know how to raise a sail. They know how to catch the wind. They know when to take it down. They know how to oar through the wind, through the waves. Like, they are skilled. Not only are they skilled, they're prepared. They're not weakened warriors. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been out on a boat with somebody that is not often on a boat. You ever done that? It's not awesome, right? You know you're in trouble when you get to the boat ramp. And it takes them about 12 times to get the boat and the trailer straight. And you should be thinking to yourself, I may not be making the best decisions in my life right now. That's what you should be thinking, right? And then you get into the water and you kind of realize you get on the boat and maybe you're one of those people, uh, I'm not saying you're a worrywart, but you say to said person, hey, where are the life jackets? And they look at you like, life jackets? Right? You think, not the greatest person. Weekend warriors are a little different. But the disciples aren't that. These are professionals. They are completely prepared. I, I guarantee that the sail's been checked, that all the ropes have been checked. I guarantee that there's some buckets in the boat in case they do take on water. Like they are prepared when Jesus says, hey, let's go. But it doesn't change the fact that when the storm comes, they're helpless, right? And the last thing I would say is concern. Another word for that, by the way, if you're taking notes, write down worry. <laughs> I think that's a better, more realistic term. I just wanted the C's there because they looked good to me at the time I was writing. I was like, two C's, look at that. That's a, there's going to be C's all throughout the sermon. Just, just follow, okay? I thought, whew, this is great. I don't normally use alliteration, but here we go. So worry doesn't... So I, I imagine they get on the water. These guys have been on the water a lot and suddenly they, they feel it. The wind begins to shift. It's now blowing out of a different direction. They can see the clouds forming and they start saying to one another, uh-oh, this doesn't look good. Right? They're beginning to get a little worried. Then, then the wind comes and the boat is shaken and they start to take on water. And now they've got the pails because they're prepared. So they're bailing water and they're still saying to each other, I think we're in trouble. And there's Jesus the whole time asleep, mind you. And at some point, they're like, man, we, we don't have this. We don't have this. And here's what I'm going to say to you this morning because it's really important. Um, we live in this world where we have convinced ourselves that we know enough, that we're good enough, 
that we can plan well enough, right? And, and, and that if we, if we think about it enough, by the way, we don't ever consider ourselves worry warts. We consider ourselves thinkers, right? If I just think through it enough, I'll be okay when something happens. And I'm just here to say to you this morning, I love you, but that's not the truth. You have no control over the storms of life, okay? When they come, they come. It's one of the greatest lessons we can learn when something comes, it's out of our control. One of the biggest lessons we can learn is that we are not in control. Second thing I want you to see this morning is that God cares deeply about us. God cares about us deeply. God cares about us deeply. So I I want you to see how the disciples uh, respond to the storm, okay? Uh, Here's what they say to Jesus. Uh, He's he's in the stern. He's sleeping on a cushion. So they wake him up and they say to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're dying? Right? Isn't that us to a T? It's us to a T, right? So I mean, how, how did the disciples respond? Well, first they did everything in their power. Right? So, so they, they, they're, they're skilled fishermen, so they get to work, and they're bailing water, and, and they've, they've, brought down, they've brought down the sail, and they've tied everything up. They've done everything that they needed to do. All their preparation now. Now they're bailing water. They're like, we're good, we're good. And then here comes more water, here comes more. At some point, they, like us, realize, I ain't got this. And so they turn to God. But do they turn to God, crying out, save me, help me? No, they turn to God, saying, don't you care that I'm drowning? You ever been there? Huh? Boy, it got quiet all of a sudden. You guys were good just a point ago. Right? Because this is us. This is how we respond all too often when the storms of life come and we finally realize, I don't have it. Our response is not to say, hey, God, help. Our first response is to say, hey, God, why? Why why are you doing this? Don't you care about me? Don't you see me? Don't you love me? God, why? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And of course the truth is that God does see us, God does love us, and God does care about us. That same sermon, Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus uh, spoke these words in Matthew chapter 6. He says, Consider the birds of the sky that don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Right? Listen to me, you matter to God. I think it's pretty cool. One of the guys that was on the boat through this storm uh, writes, well, he writes a couple books, but Peter writes these words, right? He experienced this storm. He's one of the guys that said, don't you care about me? And listen later in life to what he writes uh, here in, I think it's 1 Peter, right? Is that our next one? Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Get this. Then he says, cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares about you. See, one of the same guys that came to Jesus, probably the guy, by the way, because Peter always seems to be the mouthpiece of saying things you shouldn't. The same guy that's probably saying to Jesus, don't you care about us? Don't you care that we're going to drown? Later, is telling the world, oh, cast your cares on him because he cares about you. God cares about you. Y'all, I'm going to say this. It's really important. One of the hardest things to remember when we are hurting or afraid is this truth, that God cares about us. 
It, it, it's actually at the heart of faith. Uh, I, I know a lot of you think at the heart of faith is, is just doctrine, right? At the heart of, of faith is, is, is about having uh, the right view of Christ. At the heart of faith is, is having the right view of atonement. At the heart of faith is having the right view of justification and, and, and imputed righteousness. And, but at the heart of faith is kind of this basic principle that not only is there a God, but that God loves us. He cares for us. It's, it, it's, at, the, it, it's at the very core of, of this thing called faith, believing in what we cannot see. And if you don't believe me, look at how Jesus responds to the disciples, right? So after he calms the wind and the waves, he turns to them, right? And he says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I think the proper way to interpret that passage would be more like, do you still have no faith in me? Don't you know that I love you? Don't you know that I care about you? Don't you know that if I told you to get in the boat, that I'm going to see you to the other shore? Don't you know that I have a purpose and a plan for you? Don't you know that I'm in control of all of your days? Don't you know? That's what he's saying. Don't, don't you have faith in me? Don't you have faith in me? So the first thing we learned this morning is we're not in control. The second thing we learn is that God cares for us deeply. The third thing we learn is that Jesus can handle whatever weighs us down. That Jesus can handle whatever is weighing us down. And so the disciples are feeling like they're going to drown. By the way, that's what storms do, amen? <laughs> they, they, they weighed us down. And we, we start to think, we're going to sink. Like, I'm, go, I'm going under. Some of you are feeling that this morning. That's why you showed up. Because uh, the storms of life have hit you in such a way that you are barely making it. And you honestly feel like you could go under at any given time. And, and so, uh, I think this is interesting. Uh, 1986, there was a huge drought in, in the region where the Sea of Galilee is. And there were a couple guys that were on the Sea of Galilee. And they ran across uh, what we now call the Jesus Boat. And it was just a little fishing boat. It was stuck in mud. It took them 12 days to dig it out. They put it in a preservation bath for seven years. And then eventually they were able to take measurements and stuff of it. And so they've made a model based off this fishing boat that they found that was a first century fishing boat. And it looks something like this. Okay, I've got a little picture for you. That's kind of uh, what a first century fishing boat looks like. It's 27 feet long. It's seven and a half feet wide. It's four and a half feet deep. And, and, and so uh, mathematicians, people that study buoyancy, uh, have figured out, and by the way, what buoyancy means is how much weight can that boat handle. And, and the amount of weight that a boat can handle is equal to the weight of the water that it displaces, by the way, just in case you wanted to know that. Uh, you know, just, just file it away. And in this case, this size boat, uh, it could handle about two guys and a thousand pounds of, or 2,000 pounds of fish, a ton of fish. So a couple of fishermen and a ton of fish, if you had a bigger crew, so you had a crew of five or seven, uh, which you, you could, then you had to take on less fish because overall its capacity, like, listen, I, I, like, I like to plug in numbers. This is how my brain thinks. So we figure uh, that the average dude on the boat was 175 pounds and they could handle two tons of fish. Then uh, my math says that's 2,350 pounds is the max capacity of that boat. Okay? So that's with two, two fishermen and, and a ton of fish. Now that, if that's the max capacity, now let's go back to our event. Jesus gets in the boat with his 12 disciples. That's 13 guys 
that weigh 175 pounds on average, we're guessing. Okay? I'm going to do that math for you. That's 2,275 pounds or 75 pounds short of max weight already. So the boat is maxed. And then the wind comes. And then the waves begin to crash over the side. And they begin to take on water. Now you may not know this, but one gallon of water weighs 8.34 pounds on average. So it would only take nine gallons of water and a 27-foot long vessel, which wouldn't be much, that wouldn't be a whole lot before you're at max capacity. And anything above that, that vessel will begin to sink lower and lower and lower into the sea. Here's what I'm telling you. The disciples were deeply weighed down by this storm. And they came to Jesus finally and are like, don't you care? Like we're about to all drown. This boat is listing one way and the other. We are about to go under. And what does Jesus do? He stands up. He looks at the wind and the waves. And he says, silence, be still. And it all stops. It all stops. And they're amazed. They're, they're amazed. Their response, they look at each other and they say, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey Him. Who then is this? Well, Jesus tells them later before He ascends into heaven who He is. He says in Matthew 28, 18, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That's who this is. Here's what I'm saying to you this morning. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what is weighing you down. I don't know what is making you feel like you are about to drown. But I do know this. Jesus can absolutely handle it. That Jesus can absolutely, He has the authority to handle what you're going through right now in life. 100%. We can't do it, but He can. Which kind of brings me to the last point. Is that this Jesus, He invites us to come and to find rest in Him. He invites us to come and find rest in Him. Storms teach us that we're not in control. They teach us that God cares, uh, that Jesus can handle whatever weighs us down. And uh, this one in particular teaches that he invites us to come and find rest in him. Do not miss the invitation. Uh, I know we read through it, you didn't see it. I didn't see it the first time I read it either. Uh, but the invitation to come and find rest, is, it's in the passage the whole time. Did you, guys, did you guys read it? Did you catch it? You didn't catch it? Here, I'll, I'll read it to you. Uh, ready? Here, here it is, verse 38. He was in the stern sleeping. That's the invitation. That's the invitation. It was there the whole time. Uh, it, it was, it was, the invitation was there the moment that they pushed off ashore and Jesus grabbed a pillow. That was the invitation. The invitation was there when, when the wind began to shift and the clouds began to form. The invitation was there. That was the invitation. Rest like I'm resting. Do as I do. Be like me. That was the invitation. Right? As, as the waves began to pour over the edge of the boat and it began to be weighed down and it got closer and closer and closer to the surface level and the disciples began to think, man, this, this weight, we're going to drown. We're going to die. Uh, the invitation stands that Jesus is still in the back of the boat, little elevated place there on the stern, and He's asleep. And that is His invitation, is you be like me. You don't have this, but I do. So rest in me, right? Christian means little Christ. 
It's like a kid who puts on his dad's shoes. My boys all did this at one point when they were small and cute. Now they're just big and cute. Um, love you, Connor. You're so cute. Um, they, they would put on my shoes, have these little bitty feet, and they would be lifting up and like falling over. And, like, and parents, these are the things that we'll treasure forever, right? We are to be those people just following Jesus' example in every part of life. And when the storm comes, he's at rest. He's at rest because he's in control. We are not, right? And so uh, here's the big idea this morning. Um, it's, it's, oh, by the way, that invitation stands for us. I, I don't want to miss that slide. Uh, we'll put it up there for you. Matthew 11, there we go. That invitation is still for us today. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me because I'm lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. So here's our big idea. And we're going to do a big idea each week. It's kind of the main idea. Um, the point of the series is that we might grow through storms, that we might learn from storms. And, and this storm in particular, the main idea that we want you to walk away with is, is this truth, that storms are a great place to find rest because they remind us that we are not in control. I would wager that you haven't thought of storms that way. I would wager that most of the storms that you have gone through are, or that you are going through, the exact opposite is happening. That you are exhausted, that you are at your wit's end, and that you, like the disciples, are going, God, where are you? God, don't you see me? God, don't you care about me? I'm drowning here. That's probably how you came in this morning, man. You're my people, I'm telling you. And yet what we learn from this story is that in God, if we understand who He is, if we understand what He can do, and we know His heart that He loves us, then when things come that are out of our control, then instead of running around like chickens with our head cut off, instead of staying up every night trying to figure out a solution that is way bigger than us, we can actually come to Him and they can be great restorative moments that build our faith in Him. Because we're turning it over saying, Jesus, I don't have this. But I'm going to trust that You will. And I'm just going to have faith that You're going to pull us through. Radically different life. The person that is trying to handle a storm that they can't handle and the person that is trusting in the God that has the authority over the wind and the waves. Amen? So, what do we do? Just one application point this morning. It's that we might come to Jesus and find rest. So, uh, I believe, maybe this is silly of me, uh, when we were talking about a series to launch with small groups, this, was, this is what the Lord put on my heart, was this series on storms. And I think the reason why is because I have a deep belief that we are all going through something and that we should... <laughs> We should genuinely be talking about that with other believers. We should be giving those things over to God. We should be learning and growing through these moments, not just going through these moments.